You are listening to the Hope Church Weekly Message Podcast. Hope Church is located in Cleburne, Texas and meets on Sundays. Pastor Todd and the preaching team desire for this message to bring life in a dark world. For more information about Hope Church, visit HopeChurchCleburne.com. kind of a jumping off of last week, uh, okay? So we're, we're still dealing with the temple. We still have that. But we, we added in the amazingness of last week with now we have baptisms. Doesn't it get you fired up to see people giving their heart over to Jesus and being baptized? You know, and we, I think we have 10 or so more in the second service uh, that are getting baptized as well. So it's, it's going to be uh, an awesome day. But I think what the Lord is about to do in our midst is kick things up a notch. Y'all ever watch uh, Emeril Ogasi back in the day? I'm like, kick it up a notch. Bam! Y'all remember that? Uh, He he just yelled a lot. He was my kind of guy. He would just yell a lot. Uh, That's kind of me. I'm loud. Uh, I I, I do yell a lot. Just ask my kids, especially when they don't clean up their rooms. Uh, We we had the, if you don't clean up your room this week, I'm going to throw away everything you own discussion. Anybody ever had those discussions with your kids? Yeah, so it's good to see I'm not the only one. So y'all pray for the Barm children uh, that they're not uh, without anything in their room other than a bed to sleep in at the end of this week. Uh, So, but a few weeks ago, we started this series. When we started this series, David was in charge. Now David is dead and Solomon is the king. Solomon built the temple, and we didn't talk about this last week, but now he has dedicated the temple. Uh, and, and this week is an even bigger task. With the completion of the temple and all of the furniture in place, the crowning event was about to take place, placing the ark into its permanent home. To mark this significant occasion with the dignity and solemnity it deserves, Solomon assembled all the elders of Israel with the tribal and family chiefs. As God anointed shepherd, he involved all Israel through its elders and chiefs in the moving of the ark and the temple's dedication. So today what we're looking at is God is moving, or under the direction of God, Solomon is moving the ark into the temple. Now, if you don't know what the Ark of the Covenant is, if you haven't been here, the Ark of the Covenant was was built to carry the very presence of the Lord. This was a special piece that had traveled with Israel all and up until this point. And so essentially what they're doing is they've built the building and now they're putting the Spirit of God in the building. Amen? And guys, here's what I want us to understand. I don't want a church without the Spirit of God dwelling in it. There's no point in building elaborate buildings. There's no point in building nice-looking buildings, which we, we have done that around here, praise the Lord. But there is no point if there's no life in the building. And if there is no spirit in the building, there will be no life in the building. Amen? And so today, if you're taking notes, the title of my message is Lessons from the Ark of the Covenant. Lessons from the Ark of the Covenant. And so if you're, if you're following along, you can, you can follow along, but, or you can scan the QR code. That was kind of weird. Sorry. I got my words mixed up. Or you can scan the QR code there in the chair in front of you, uh, and you can find the Church Center app. I want to encourage you, scan the Church Center app, 
and slide down to sermon notes and you can follow along. There's a lot of information in there today and you can follow along with me. But today we're going to be in 1 Kings chapter 8. If you'd like to get in your Bible, uh, if you, you still bring your Bible with you to church, hey, praise the Lord, love that. Uh, 1 Kings chapter 8, starting in verse 1, it says, Solomon then summoned to Jerusalem the, the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the leaders of the ancestral families of the Israelites. They were, they were to bring the Ark of the, of the Covenant to the temple from, from its location in the city of David, also known as Zion. So all the men of Israel assembled before King Solomon at the annual festival of shelters, which is held in early autumn in the months of Ethanim. The first thing today is what we must understand is the Ark of the Covenant teaches us, number one, that we are God's covenant people. We are God's covenant people. The Ark was the symbol of that. God was saying to his people that you are my people. I, am, I have made a covenant with you. I have put my hand on you. The Ark of the Covenant was the only thing that was allowed in the holiest of holies. But what was in the Ark of the Covenant? The Ark of the Covenant actually had three things inside. Number one, it had the stone tablets on which the Ten Commandments were engraved or written. Two, it also had golden, a golden jar full of manna. Do y'all remember what manna was? Back, back in the day when they were in the... In the uh, uh, in the wilderness, they were saying, God, we're out of food, right? And God sent food from heaven. So back to the 90-day challenge. People say, well, pastor, I don't know if I can give. I won't have enough. Well, God made food for all from heaven. So I think he can bless us today, amen? Okay, and so, and, and this sustained them. The food not only fell, it fell daily from heaven. And so to remember that, they had some in a golden jar and had put it in there as well. Also, Aaron's almond staff that supernaturally uh, uh, budded. However, the ark contained only the two stone tablets by Solomon's time. So it had, it had, had Aaron's uh, staff in it as well. But by the time of Solomon, the only thing that was left in there was the Ten Commandments. So what this symbolized is it symbolized that the covenant that God had made with Israel. So this was the Old Testament symbol of the covenant that God had made with his people. So fast forward to us. We're New Testament. You're like, well, pastor, what does this have to do with me? Fast forward. The symbol of our covenant in the New Testament is the cross. That is many, that's why many people choose to wear crosses on our neck. In fact, many people in, in the Roman culture in which Jesus existed would see it very strange that you're wearing a cross on your neck. It would be like in our culture wearing an electric chair on our chest. Now, I'm not saying that people don't do that, especially during Halloween. Uh, but it would, be, it would be a very odd thing for someone to wear around their neck. But for us, it symbolizes the covenant that God has made for us. Guys, this shows us that God desires to be in a covenant relationship with us. Guys, that's what I want you to hear today. And this is so perfect. This is such a perfect message for Baptism Sunday. God desires to be in a covenant relationship with you. Here's what I want you to hear. Before you were born, Jesus provided a way that, that provided for all of your sins even before you were born. 
That means God knew that you would be born at the time that you were born and lasted. And he knew your life would last all the days that your life is going to last. And he made a way so that all of your sins that you ever would commit would be forgiven. All before you were even born. Guys, this is how much God loves you. Guys, your salvation was God's plan from the fall. He longs to be in relationship with you. Guys, that's why we're here. That's why everything is going on. God wants to be in a relationship with you. That's why we do what we do. That's why we build buildings. That's why we, we do all of these things is we want you to know that God loves you and desires to have a relationship with you. That's why Solomon built the temple, because it was a place that was worthy of the presence of God. And that place in the New Testament that's worthy of the presence of God is your heart. The holiest of holies in your life is your heart, is your soul, is that God dwells among you. So I wanted to set this up because we're going to see some crazy things happen in the story today. And what I want us to know is, is that, yes, this happened in a structure. But what God is saying to us in the New Testament is this can happen in our lives. This happened in a building, but this can happen every day. It doesn't just have to be a Sunday morning where we flip worship so we make sure we have some time to get down to the altar and worship the Lord. It doesn't just have to be that. Did you know that Jesus can show up and wreck you in your bedroom? He can wreck you on your drive on the way to work. That song comes on and you just ugly cry. Like the ugly cry, you know what I'm talking about? Where the snot's coming down. The, the type of cry you don't want anybody else to see. You know, you know, Isaiah came to me and he was crying. Uh, he was upset about something. Somebody had taken his toy. And he, he had the ugly cry. Two snot streams going right down the nose. That, that, that kind of ugly cry. Okay? So God longs to be in a relationship with you. Let's keep going. First Kings Chapter 8, skip down to verse 3. When all the elders of Israel arrived, the priests picked up the ark. The priests and the Levites brought up the ark of the Lord along with the special tent and all the sacred items that had been placed in it. There, before the, the ark, King Solomon and the entire community of Israel sacrificed so many sheep, goats, and cattle that no one could keep count. Number two, God wants his people to move with him. God wants his people to move with him. Back to the Ark of the Covenant. They, where were they moving it from? They were moving it from the tent of meeting. Now, what was the tent of meeting? Many of you know it as the tabernacle. The tent of meeting was the movable structure that provided a place of worship for the Israelites as they wandered about in the desert. After the Israelites settled in their homeland, David wanted to build a permanent house of the Lord for their worship. Notice the tent of meeting, which I said earlier, traditionally known as the tabernacle, was also brought up. This was the original tent that God uh, had been at in Gibeon. It, it, with its furnishing, was stored somewhere in the temple. Guys, here's what this tells us. God wants to go with you wherever you go. God instructed his people to make a tabernacle, a tent of meeting that had to be put up and torn down every time that they moved. 
Because God wants to be with you. God wants to have a relationship with you at all times. But I think sometimes we just check God at the door. Sometimes there's places that we go that we check God at the door and we say, listen, I don't want to be a Christian at this place. I want to act however I want to act, and I don't, want, I don't care who knows it. I just want to check God. But we want, to, we want to put God back on when we go to church. When we go to church, we ask him, how you doing? Oh, bless the Lord. He has truly blessed me today. Right? Why can't we talk normal? Is that, is that too hard? You know? You know, I'm, I'm proud that the Lord's blessed you, but if you don't talk that way uh, out at work, uh, you don't have to talk that way here. You know, God's not expecting King James language from you uh, here at church. Uh, you know, and it's okay sometimes if somebody says, hey, how you doing? When you come to church to say, you know what? This week, I, you know, I almost gave my children up for adoption. Uh, and, oh, that was me. What, what happened to you? Uh, and, you know, it, it was a week. And you know what? It's okay that we're not okay because through the cross, everything has been made okay. I think sometimes we think that we have to make it okay. But guys, listen, it's because of the work that Jesus did on the cross, we have that every week. We can have that every week. We can have the move of the Spirit, guys. When we become a people that move with the Spirit of God, we can see His Spirit break out in us all of the time. You know, last week was amazing. People were worshiping. I loved, I, I loved all of the pictures that came out online because I had, to, I, I had to jet out in the second service. We had Hope Connect, so I don't even know what happened. I didn't know if people even worshiped in the second service. And then I saw pictures that people actually worshiped in the second service too, just as much as we pressed in in the first service. And I was so encouraged all week. But here's what the Lord told me to tell you. Why does that have to be a special occasion? Why do I have to stand up here and yell at you and go, God wants to have a relationship. He wants to move in the spirit. Why don't we just get here and get ready to go? You know, I, God wants us to, to have that in every aspect of our lives all of the time. Not just on special occasions when we have baptism or pastor gets up here and, and flips service. You know, sometimes we're doing good to get enough people in here to even start worship at 930 on a Sunday morning. You know, and if you're late, I'm not judging you. It's fine. I get it. Sometimes Sunday morning, the devil loves to fight on Sunday morning. But if you're late, walk in here, get to work. Don't just wait on, don't just wait on the worship team to do all the work for you. That's the problem. Many of us expect the worship team to do all the work to get us there. Well, you know what? The worship team can only take you so far. They can lead you to the water. But if you don't dip your head down into the water, that's all they can do. And guys, I'm here to tell you, the worship team gets here early. There's a group of us that, that after, after worship, they, there's a group of us that come together and we, and we pray and prepare the ground for the spirit to move. The work has been done, but you got to do your part. The problem is most of us are just expecting everybody else to do the work for us. You know, we, we, gripe, we gripe and complain about that in our normal lives. We all, we all have the coworkers that, that, you know, we have to do their work, right? Anybody have those coworkers? 
any, anybody have those coworkers that you, you're like, man, I get paid for what they're doing, and I don't get paid their salary because they're not doing their job, right? Here's what we got to understand as a congregation. If we all put in the work, that's when we see the true moves of the Spirit. Now, don't get me wrong. God can move and break out and give you the ugly cries at home by yourself, sure. But there's nothing can compare to the times that I've had worship with the body of believers that exist here. God, God has a special anointing and a special blessing on his church. And I know, you know, in, in, a, in our culture, everybody's like, well, you know, you are the church. Yeah, you are the church. But I truly believe that God has a special anointing, a special hand on these meetings that we, if we will actually get into the room, God has something special for us. But sometimes we got to get out. Sometimes we got to get out of bed. Sometimes we got to get off the first church at the bedside and get to Hope Church and, and get in here and worship the Lord. And, and this isn't to talk bad about the people that sometimes or for whatever reason are sick or health reasons have to watch online from time to time. You know, I get that. We provide that so that people, we understand that the online experience often now is the front door of the church. Most people that are coming into this place have watched five or six sermons. Uh, and then the, still, after watching five or six sermons, they decide to come into this place. It still baffles me because uh, they know ahead of time how crazy we are, but yet they still come into the place. So it's, you know, praise the Lord. Um, but... I'm trying to find a way to put it better. You know, I love watching the Ranger games on the TV. But have you ever, have you ever been, do I need to switch mics? Do I need to switch mics? Okay. Y'all pause. I'm going to switch mics so we don't have to this. Can you hear me now? Good. Cool. You know, imagine... When, if you were in the building when Adolis Garcia hit that go-ahead home run. Okay? I watched it on TV, and Crystal will tell you, I yelled and screamed. And I was excited. But everybody else in my house was annoyed. Because they didn't get it. But have you ever been in the building when there was a go-ahead? I was, I, I got the honor and privilege to go one of the playoff runs back in the, when, when they, you know, back in the day. Last time they went to the playoffs. 2011. And when they hit the home run, you could feel the stadium shake. So, guys, I'm here to tell you, online's great, but you can't, if you don't get in the room, you can't feel the room shake. That was for somebody today. That wasn't in the notes, okay? That wasn't in the notes. You have to deal with your, your pastor being a sports fan because <laughs> I relate the church to the spirit of the Lord to baseball. There we go. First Kings chapter 8, skip down to verse 6. Let's land this plan today. Then the priests carried the ark of the Lord's covenant into the inner sanctuary of the temple, the most holy place, and placed it beneath the wings of the cherubim. The cherubim spread their wings over the ark, forming a canopy over the ark and its carrying poles. These poles were so long at 
that their ends could be seen from the holy place, which is in front of the most holy place, but not from the outside. They are still there to this day. Nothing was in the ark except the two stone tablets that Moses had placed in it at the Mount of Sinai, where the Lord had made a covenant with the people of Israel when they left the land of Egypt. Listen to this. This is where I want us to get today. Verse 10. When the priest came out of the holy place, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. The priests could not continue their service because the cloud, the, because of the cloud, for the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple. When I was reading this, when I was studying for this series, I got there and I'm like, could you imagine? Could you imagine if there was just such a thickness in the room of the Spirit of God that we just said, you know what? Whatever we got left, it doesn't matter. Let's just worship the Lord, right? That should be a goal for us. You know, I, I want it to be, you know, we, I, have a, I have a short version and a long version of my message. And, and many people say, well, why do you have a short version, a long version of your message? Just in case the Lord just wrecks us and I need to get up here and go, hey, I got five minutes and here's what I think the Lord wants us to hear today. And you know what? If the Lord wrecks us so much that I don't get to preach that day, it's okay. It's his service. That's why I went, that's why today I went on the front, because I know y'all were so primed last week that you were going to worship like crazy today, that I went first so that I could get my time before the, the Lord really broke out, right? Amen? Okay, a couple of you were with me. That's all right. So the priests, who, who alone were permitted in the temple proper, placed the ark in its appointed place under the obstructed outreach wings of the golden cherubim. The visible glory of the Lord filled the temple like a cloud after the ark of the covenant was brought into the temple. Whether the evidence is visible or not, God's glory is still present and at work wherever his word actively is honored and obeyed. God was there by graciously acknowledging Solomon's handiwork and indicating his intention of dwelling with his people. The glory cloud was the visible manifestation of the presence of God. And so I've heard this term a million times. If you hang out in Pentecostal circles, you heard it before, but I thought I would define it here today because this is where it comes from. The rabbinic dev designation, so the priest, the designation of this glory cloud was the Shekinah glory. You've probably heard that before. The Shekinah glory of the Lord. From the Hebrew root meaning is to dwell. The Shekinah means the glory of God is to dwell with his people. The concept of the manifestation glory of God is a, is a pervasive and essential theme in the Old Testament and extends to the New Testament. If you'll notice, this was a special occasion for them. This didn't happen all the time. But if you'll fast forward, if you understand the theology, this happened in the holiest of holies. A few weeks ago, I talked about this. I said that Jesus tore the veil separating the holy place from everywhere else. And so what I'm saying is the Shekinah glory of the Lord, the presence of God that is so, so thick and that, that it shuts down a service is available to us every day, all the time. But yet we don't tap into it. Why not? Guys, don't you want to be in the presence of the God that loves you? But guys, could you imagine if we could see God in our midst? 
Could you imagine? Could you just picture with me for a minute that, that there was a cloud of the Lord in this place and we just knew it was the presence of God? So much so that it broke down and shut down the service. But, but here's the thing. We are a Bible-believing people. Amen? Are we a Bible-believing people? Uh, okay. So for me, as a, as a student of the Word, if it happens in the Bible, it can happen today. So why should we not expect the Spirit of God to break out and shut down things with us? Because that's what it says in the Bible. Guys, I want this place to be where the Spirit of God moves and his glory to break out in his people every time the doors are open. Guys, I want people to come into this place that don't know Jesus and to walk through the doors and go, something's different here. Something is different about this place. Now, guys, I, I'm here to tell you, I, I have a lot of people visit, and a lot of people tell me, and I don't know if they're just being nice, but I'm just going to say I don't think so, because, uh, you know, people will say things, but when it's the consistent same thing over and over and over, people always tell me, Pastor, there's something different with your people. There's something different about the move of the Spirit in this place. And, guys, my job, my job is, is to not just be satisfied with that move, Okay? I think the Lord is, is ready for us to take it to the next level. Not to just sit there and, and go, oh, you know, you call my name and I ran out of that grave. Do you realize what you're singing? You're singing that God called your name. He said, Cheryl, come out of the grave. He said, Ruby, come out of the grave. He said, Jeff, come out of the grave. You're not dead anymore. You're not dead. Praise the Lord. John, you're not dead anymore. Wesley, you're not dead anymore. Come out of that grave. Quit living in the past. Come out of that grave. God wants to make you a new create, creation. That's what we're singing. But we sit there. I don't have my phone, but imagine this is my phone. You call my name. Hey, what time do the Cowboys play? Oh, they're on a bye week? Oh. And I ran out of that grave. The Rangers play today, don't they? Yeah. Out of the darkness. Guys, why did we get out of bed to sit and check our phones during worship? You can check your phone in your bed. Now you're like, well, then, Pastor, I'll just stay in my bed. Well, that's a bad attitude. But, uh, guys, this is the place where we go to war. We worship we move with the Spirit. Because, guys, I'm here to tell you, the worship team, they're ready to bring it. They're just waiting on you to go with them. You know, they're, they're going to they're gonna lead you, but they're not going to beat you because they're polite. Me, not so much. But <laughs> if we go with them, they'll take us to levels that we've never seen before. So what are our transformational moments today? And like I've said before, I've left us some space at the end. Number one, do you have a covenant relationship with God? 
You know, what we celebrated today was those that have given their heart over to Jesus uh, and, and are outwardly saying, hey, I have a covenant relationship with Jesus, and I want you to know, and I want this to be my church, and I want you to walk with me. That's what this is today. But guys, I know that there's people in this place that need to begin a covenant relationship with Jesus. So before I go any further, I have two more questions. I want to give you an opportunity to do that. Would you, would you dim the lights for me? If you're sitting there this morning you're like, Pastor, I know God, but God, I don't have a relationship with him. I want today to be your day. I don't want you to leave this place and not have a relationship with him because this is what this is all about. I've got two more points for those that are saved that I can get to them and, and we'll, but this is about you right now. God wants to have a relationship with you. Before the day that you were born, Jesus said, I choose you. Come out of that grave. And so if you're sitting there today and you feel God tug it at your heart, in just a moment, I'm going to say a prayer. And I want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. You can pee after me. And I don't, you don't have to say it out loud. I'm not looking to embarrass you. But guys, the God of the universe longs to have a relationship with you today. Would you bow your head and close your eyes all over your room? If you want to say that prayer with me this morning, if you want to begin a relationship with Jesus, just repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need your love in my life. Forgive me where I failed you. I give my heart to you today. Take my life. Use it for your purpose. In Jesus' name.